So as it concerns arguments and debates, we typically want to win. Obviously, we want to be right. But really, more than we want to be right, we want to win. We want the impression to be that we are right, even uh, as to whether or not we're actually right. Usually, we don't care whatsoever why. Uh, a way to think about it is that we, we extend our desire, we extend our will, our self-willing to uh, debates and to arguments, just like we're playing a game of, of tug-of-war. Obviously, we want to win. Uh, we're pulling as hard as we can if we're doing a good job. Uh, anything else is unacceptable. So, typically, excuse me, whenever... We have uh, any kind of uh, intellectual transaction beyond what's the weather. We are rooting for a given side, right? We want such and such to be correct. Why? Because somehow uh, it, it appealed to us. We found uh, we found a given position attractive, uh, whether we're just used to it or something about it is self-serving. We found it attractive, and now uh, our will reaches out, and we and we fight for the position now. As it concerns the the kind of intellectual exercise of debating, that's perfectly fine. Right? If we want to join a, a debate team or something, or uh, we just want to practice, it's a lot of fun uh, to to argue. No question about it. But we would say that there's obviously a higher application for the human intellect, and that is. The a disinterested pursuit of truth as opposed to the extension of will uh, in truth. Meaning, we have our self-interest, needless to say, and uh, it, it's it's appropriate to fight for it at certain times. We're, again, we're playing a game of tug-of-war. It's absolutely uh, appropriate to be interested in winning as opposed to saying, you know, I'm disinterested. Let me just let the other side win. No. Right? We... Uh, we say, I have an interest to eat and, and to drink and to sleep. Oh, you know, I'm disinterested. I'm just not going to do it. That's that's We need help for that. That's not appropriate. But as it concerns the use of our intellect, the idea is that what's truly good for us is the truth. Meaning, what does that even mean? We'd say that if we clearly conceive something with our, quote unquote, if we see it intellectually, meaning we see something with our eyes, it is what it is and we can... Pick out the appropriate words to describe it. For example, we see um, what's called in in in, uh, in English the sky. Now, to, to describe what we see, the correct term is sky, right? So we're aligning the term with the experience, but we don't need to align the experience with, at least normatively speaking, uh, the the normal the, the demands of uh, knowledge. We don't need to align the experience with anything uh, other than itself. This is somewhere where. A point at which maybe some thinkers have tripped up, meaning uh, do we need to verify an experience by something other than it? So we would say that the words need to be verified as to whether or not they're correct per the dictionary. But a given experience, as it's conventionally understood, is what it is. For example, we understand the sky in a certain way. Right, whatever that way is, it's it, 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 for example that which I see when I look up, that which uh, I could fly a plane in. You know, somebody's a meteorolo- meteorologist, excuse me, understands the sky in one way. Somebody is um, in, a pilot, understands the sky another way. Somebody flies kites another way. Somebody likes the cloud watch another way. But there's a certain understanding now. When I have that experience, 
I can pick out the correct word, which is sky, and it can be in a dream I can have that experience. It doesn't matter. Hallucinating. But when I have that sight, at least, of, of what I call the sky, I can pick out the correct word, or I can pick out the wrong word, such as ceiling, right? So I'm characterizing, I'm trying to refer to the experience with words. So the experience itself, if I were just to point to it, I don't need to verify anything. Right, I just point to the ground. I don't need to verify is is that really correct? Right, it is what it is. As however the person will experience it, it's how he or she will experience it. Now, if the words, yeah, because if I use the wrong term, I could bring to mind an alternate experience or concept, idea, whatever word we want to use to uh, the the to the other person or to my future self. Or even to myself at present, right? And consequently, but deceive, right? So w- what's going on as it concerns arguments and debates is being that we can refer to certain things with words that are not immediately present. That opens up the, the gate to deception. If we can only point uh, to things um, either with our literal finger or with our intellectual finger, if we could simply point things out, then uh, our, that, that would be a, a check onto error because... One thing, yeah, we can miss, we can uh, improperly relate one experience and another experience. For example, we can think it's appropriate to think of the sky in terms of, uh, or or rain in terms of tears, right? So we point at at rain, then we point at at our tears, and we point back at, at, at the rain and try to establish with our physical finger and try to imply that it's the same thing. So that's possible, right? But here it's because we're, we're try, um, pushing a claim that, that, that it's appropriate to think of one phenomenon in terms of another phenomenon, right? But if we didn't do that, if we didn't make that complicated relation there, then that, that, that's eliminated, right? If we simply point at our tears, the person sees, okay, that's what it is. Now we simply point at, at the, um, the rain. It is what it is, right? So um, I would say if we... And if we're very careful there, and that's where a tremendous amount of caution obviously is needed and a tremendous desire to, to only attain to the correct interrelations, right, for sure. But uh, if we're very careful, we stand a good chance uh, of, uh, of, of of having, of attaining to the clarity of thought. Now, as it concerns the, the possibility for deception, because we can refer to experiences, like we said, that are not now present with terms, we can... And, and because the terms further mean to us generally ambiguous things by association, we can imply, excuse me, realities that would not be able to be the accompanying, that would not refer to experiences uh, or clear thoughts that can actually be had. For example, um, let's say that we want to, um, uh, um, you know, we... Uh, we're in a debate with somebody as to who um, uh, who found the parking spot first, right? Now, if I consult my memory accurately, I know that the other person was there first. So the correct terms to use to describe what I recall is, you got there first. Now, you're welcome. Here's the parking spot. I'm sorry for bothering you, right? But I can use my words to refer to a different experience, which is an existent experience, such as me getting there first. It's fully conceivable that I got there first. So I can say that, no, I got there first, right? And that creates, that's what we'd call deception. Now, the other person consults his or her memory 
and sees an alternate account that does not match up to the words that came out of our mouth or is not adequately represented by those words and consequently can say, no, I got here first. And then our will jumps in. No, I got here first. And the other person, no, I got here first. And so forth and so on. Right? So we see that's a, a one area of deception where we're, uh, we're, we're stating something that can be conceived, but it's out of context. We, in a given instance, something other a card, or we recall something other. For example, again, little kid, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Did you steal the cookie from the cookie jar? No. The answer, no, is a negation, right? It would characterize a memory of having done something other than having my having had my hand in the cookie jar. But my memory, if I consult it, it indicates to me that I did have my hand in the cookie jar. So consequently, the right term to utter is yes. So here I mischaracterized also at a context, but also apparently what it's possible to do is to um, is to really string together a, a salad of terms that really we cannot even, we're not even sure what's supposed to be conceived by them and then to simply argue in a senseless way uh, concerning uh, uh, those terms, right? For example, there's not a real need even for examples, right? But um yeah, let's say basically the the gist of it is I want to be right and I want to prove I want I have some kind of emotional impulse and then I want to find words by association that that express that impulse right so maybe for example let's say that I um uh, you know I slipped up I did something bad that I recognize to be bad and I feel guilty right now this is this is a general kind of emotional impetus to so say a, a general direction of the will right, but now uh, if i have to i can find some some words that that appear to, to convey that ambiguously maybe but nonetheless so i say something like there's no such thing as as right and wrong why do i feel that that accurately conveys or is appropriate clothing for my emotional impulse well again by but the way i understand the terms and the, and the concepts by association uh, right and wrong i i, I can recall in childhood Maybe my uh, uh, mommy, daddy, caretaker, guardian telling me, um, teacher, principal, assistant principal, telling me, uh, law enforcement, telling me there's such a thing as right and wrong. And that's associated in my mind with, with trouble and consequences and punishment and things like this. Right is, again, I, I don't cheat on my homework. Wrong is when I cheat. If I do cheat, I, I might be getting get, get the time out. I might be in the corner for a while. My parents, uh, guardian slash guardians, whoever might yell at me. I might be, get a, a detention at the office, right? So this is what I associate emotionally with the terms right and wrong. Now I negate the, the reality of this thoughtlessly because to negate something, it has to exist. But then I, I, I say that it's a fiction, that there's such a thing. There's not really such a thing. Just like there's not really a unicorn, we think, which is a complicated question. We're not saying that, but, but we think, right? It's like it's not raining outside. Uh, and then, um, you know, there's no, we're negating that the rain, there's no such thing as right and wrong. We're negating the reality of right and wrong. Now we, um, we say that in response when somebody asks us, do you believe in right and wrong? We say, no, I don't believe in right and wrong to, to kind of clothe that unconscious impulse, uh, whatever it was of guilt. We're just giving an example. It can be anything, but there were a lot of options, but just to give an example, right now, let's say the other person that strikes some kind of chord, he doesn't, he or she doesn't believe in right and wrong. That must mean that, well, my parents slash guardians taught me there is such a thing as right and wrong. And I was associated in my mind with positive things. I was, um, you know, disciplined 
uh, but uh, uh, with respect and, and I really, you know, love my parents, yada, yada. So basically this person is stepping up to me and, and is and, and is offending my entire kind of worldview and, and a tremendous kind of um, uh, cluster of, of positive emotions and, that, and nostalgia that I have from childhood, right? Again, discipline, right and wrong. So now uh, we say, the person says, no, there there is such a thing as right and wrong. Now the other person interprets that to say as uh, as an insult to his or her world uh, view, right? Just like again, a slap in the face. Just like uh, somebody's trying to win a tug of war against us or an arm wrestling match. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what 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 is being said. It's nothing to do with that. It's simply again the the clash of the unconsciousness uh, to so say if we want to put it that way, right? Now we. Uh, we get offended. Oh my! You, you contradicted my view. No, I said there's no such thing as right and wrong. So now that the argument begins, and the priority isn't to clarify terms. It's not to identify the relevant experiences indicated by those terms. It's not to illustrate to ourselves the the functions of of, uh, of 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 logic and how logic works, and and how we're able to reason, how we're able to formulate arguments. So here, an example of that would be to uh, say, you know, to deny X, that X has to exist. We have to be referring to something to deny it. So there's no way to, or are we doing the same thing? There's no way to deny. There's another concept that could explain that if maybe we don't need to get into it, but we'll say there's no way to deny that the, the something, period, point blank, right? Okay, fine. How? What does that mean? If we just said that there's no way to deny, and yet we're saying there's no, we're denying that there's a way to deny. So there's a, a we can refer to a concept we can term as, as a faulty concept key, which is taking uh, one concept and another concept and verbally affirming that the, the, their conjunction is possible. So here, it is possible to deny that which exists in a particular instance of experience. For example, as we said, it's not raining outside. Why can we deny it? Because rain is, is, is an experience. We know what the term rain refers to. Wet, things falling from the sky, yada, yada. Now I step outside. I experience something other than uh, what I mean by the term rain. And consequently, that variation can be described, meaning by the referred to experience called rain. And that which I'm experiencing outside can be referred to by the statement, it is not raining outside. All right, so that's a, a I can refer to that by by the term negation. Now I can combine that term with other things where there's really no combination. For example, um, I can say that um, there is no such thing as uh, as as a unicorn, right? And here it, I would be think, supposing that it's the same thing as the rain, but it would be different because the the unicorn then it would have to refer the the term would have to refer to a mental image and. Uh, it would be the same idea. I would be finding a contrast. But here, the mental image wouldn't be anything that has ever been as far as we know. Though maybe, who knows, there once was. Who knows? But uh, as far as we know, that any anything that has ever actually been experienced is a, a somewhat different thing. But as, as it concerns negating um, the, the possibility for negations, said we cannot simply negate something without um, affirming its existence. That, that appears to be what we're doing and saying in such a statement, we're saying it's improper to conjoin the notion of negation that, that's valid uh, with um, the, the, um, with the uh, notion of absolute negation, if we said that right. Meaning, we're saying that it's not, it's not okay, it, 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 it's not, we cannot, we said it, we cannot simply negate 
something, period, right? Without it existing. But we're negating that statement that we can negate something, period, right? So we cannot negate something, period, and we're negating that statement that we cannot negate something, period, right? So we're saying that it's not correct to affirm that there is an absolute reality. We're saying... We're saying that it forms, a, 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 as it would appear, a, a, to, to the present judgment, and that, that it forms a, a incomprehensible, an incomprehensible statement, meaning a statement to, to the, uh, the, uh, which doesn't refer to anything that, that we can conceive of, uh, to say that there is no such thing as X, right? In the way that we understand, in light of the implications of the statement meaning a person that says there's no such thing it's not raining outside says a sensible statement because there's such a reality as rain and the person is denying that that reality is present a person that says there's no such thing as a unicorn is is might also be making a semi-valid statement because we can conceive of that uh, that which is meant by the term unicorn and then they uh, uh, understand understand that uh, or suppose that to be different than any given um, instance of life that, that we're able to identify. But when we say this, for example, in the case that the person says there's no such thing as right and wrong, the person doesn't mean to say that there is a conception in their mind, but which is other than whatever else is in question. The person means to make a, a, an absolute negation, whatever that would mean. And here, right, it's it's a struggle to understand what that could mean. What would it mean? Where is the the faulty concept key to to use that term here? Um, basically, maybe maybe that the the person's maybe can't even be logically reasonably phrased, but the person is saying maybe that. Well, how do we? It's a riddle, huh? It's a riddle. And what about when a person says there's no such thing as evil, right? It's another example that, that's r- ridiculous when we think about it. To say there's no such thing as evil, we're saying there is such a thing as evil, but we're negating its its presence in a given instance of consideration. But generally, a person who says this doesn't mean it in that way. They don't mean that there is such a concept as evil and that they're negating it, its presence in a given instance. But what do they mean, right? What do they mean? That is a very good question. Um, we want to say negate a negation in an absolute sense, but what is at all a negation in an absolute sense? So we could say it's just a thoughtless, mindless statement. That, but there's some kind of there, there's a, a spirit behind it, meaning uh, the the spirit of the sentence. There's uh, an s. There's some kind of th- thing there that that a person means that's different than than when we say there's no such thing as as um, in, as uh, as a unicorn, or that it's not raining. Um, perhaps we could say that the person unwittingly. It seems like a too complicated cognitive uh, operation that 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 to, to actually be sustained in the course of, of arguments like this when people say such things. But perhaps a person means is claiming that 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 it's a faulty concept key that a given term refers to. Uh, uh, instructions to conceive that uh, 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 that which cannot 
form instructions to conceive something, instructions which cannot at all be followed, which is possible. For example, if we say, ah, if we say that term sirut, um, uh, uh, that term sirut refers to um, a, a, an object which is larger than a given space, but can pass through that space without shrinking or without the space becoming larger. Now, it would seem proper to say there's no such thing as a sirut. It doesn't exist, right? Now, but what does that mean? What are we denying the existence of? So it must be that sirut does exist. So if we break down what the, the term sirut refers to, as we said, we have a given instruction to conceive of an object which is larger than a given space and that can pass through that space without shrinking or the object or the space becoming large, excuse me, and uh, we're, we're claiming that that can be conceived. But if we try to conceive that, let's try object that is large. Let's take an elephant. Let's take a, a wedding band, trying to push the elephant through. There's no way. There's no way to, to conceive it without making the elephant smaller, the wedding band bigger, right? So we're, we're implying, we're, in saying there's no such thing as sirut, we're saying that the instructions for conception there cannot be followed at all. They, we can't proceed. It's like you, it's, it's equivalent basically to jabla That's what, we, what we're saying. It's it's jabla right? But it would appear that the, um, it, for the negation to be useful, that the words independently have sense. They just can't be conceived together. Otherwise, it wouldn't even be worth saying there's no such thing. It'd just be right. So we're saying that your the instructions here they they're, they're unfollowable. I can't I can't move move on and proceed according to the instructions you gave. Now, insofar as the instructions are represented by the term sarut, uh, in saying that the the term sarut does not exist, I am saying that those instructions that they provide it cannot be followed. Right. So if a person is negating, then uh, they say, the, I don't believe in evil. There's no such thing as evil. Persons apparently is claiming that the term evil is referring it can, it referring to instructions, which independently make sense, independently the words, but which cannot be followed. Uh, uh, now, there might be a point here. For example, if we say uh, there's no such thing as a person that means bad, right? There's no such thing as a person who's fundamentally evil. If we mean by that term the fact that uh, 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 on first impression we're not able to see a person's motive, right? And that if we stop there, uh, we, we may uh, yield a given impression called evil, uh, which translates to I cannot see the person's motive. But if we were to push on, we necessarily by necessity would see the person's motive. And we're saying with the statement that the real reality is that we always can push on in our inquiry and see the person's motive, then if we refer to that stoppage of our investigations before we've uh, identified a person's motive, we, we can refer to that stoppage by the term evil. Then in saying there's no such thing as evil, we're saying it translates positively to it is possible to continue on in our investigations and to uncover the motive of what a person does each and every time. And the motive is always of essentially like sort, meaning a positive gain, uh, a movement towards a positive whole, uh, emotional whole, whatever, but m- different complicated topics there. But um, so it, it turns the negation of, of right and wrong and, and it's asking a lot to suppose that we are thinking this through like this, but apparently I can't, can't think of any other meaning for, for the, the negation here in question. So as it concerns, um, as it concerns that no, no such thing as right and wrong, presumably right. So that would be the, the gist of it. It wouldn't be like there's no such thing as rain. It would be like there's no such thing as, as a zerut. It's a faulty, excuse me, it's a faulty um, sentence. 
completely, uh, the, the faulty instructions that cannot at all be followed. Uh, and so that that's what a person is, is claiming, and, and there's no, and then the reason that um, it, it may be worth negating, if one were to say negate the, the concept of absolute evil, is because maybe at a certain point of inquiry, a certain impression might be yielded, and by pushing forward, uh, through that that point, one may collapse that that point and and see that uh, it was it was faulty, is a faulty point, right? Uh, so that that's what a person appears to, to be claiming. Other than that, what else is there to say? That that unless we want to translate the sentence purely to this sentence makes me feel bad, and and, and by negating it uh, in the same way that I negate that there's no rain, even though I uh, inevitably farm what I'm negating it's it's an existence at least conceptually I uh that's going to say that but I, the, the technical explanation would appear to to necessitate um reference to uh the, the, or so, something along the lines maybe of Sarut right which uh the the, the sentence anyhow so <clears throat> it's probably getting too long-winded but that's that's the idea uh, and, and, then, and then we begin to argue but instead of doing that instead of clarifying we see it's a little bit tricky uh, it could get even trickier to, to really clarify what we're saying. We just begin to argue like this back and forth, and that it, it turns into a real, um, into a real should show, right? That that ultimately is of no point. So we would say, or if, if not, it doesn't really advance us. So we would say the idea is, if we want to always be right, if we want to uh, have productive conversations with people, we need to. Clarify the, the terms, right? We, if a person wants to express their emotions, fine. We can lend them an ear. You know, we don't have to. Our significant other says, uh, t- "Talk, tell me about," uh, or you know, starts complaining to us about a problem. We don't necessarily need to say, "Okay, here's it." To interpret it fully rationally, the person is just venting their emotions. But if we, a person wants to have a discussion, a rational discussion concerning a topic, we do need to insist whether a person likes it or not, and the person clarify precisely what he or she means, and we need to do the same, and then we're able to proceed. Okay, this is what you mean by this term. This is an experience I've had. I understand. Okay, and this is how you're interrelating the experiences. Let me see if I can follow your instructions, if I can conceive things, and, and hopefully that can be productive. All right, we think about it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>